The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, meet Will Burley and learn how he became successfully self-employed after the onset of blindness, plus how ACB uses social media. Welcome to ACB Reports for March 2014. The term social media refers to a number of interactive internet-based communications outlets, the most common of which are Facebook and Twitter. Attendees of the recently concluded mid-year president's meeting of the American Council of the Blind heard from representatives of the organization's Twitter and Facebook teams. These team members were introduced by ACB President Kim Charlson. I'm definitely excited to report to all of you that ACB is doing wonderful things in the area of social media. To be successful, organizations need to communicate, and there's so many different channels that communication has to travel through. And social media is one way that we can get our word out to a lot of people quickly. Um, You're going to learn about how we're doing that with our Twitter team and from our Facebook team. In this order, you'll be hearing from John McCann, who's the liaison with our Twitter team, and then you'll hear from Carla Rushevall, who is the liaison with the Facebook team. So welcome, John. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I will, as Kim said, speak to the uh, Twitter team. I want to report that since the close of our convention in Columbus... Our uh, followers have gone up some 38%. So we're rocking and rolling. I won't talk about the mechanics of Twitter. I'll just echo what Kim said about its value. And uh, we will be tweeting from this convention. Uh, That's uh, customary practice. has gone on for the last couple of years. But the ACB national account, and our Twitter name is A-C-B-N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L, all together. Uh, members of the Twitter team who are following us uh, on, the, on the stream and those of myself as the only member that's here uh, will be uh, providing you timely ticker tape type announcements, tweets. I want to give a shout out, and to those of you who are familiar with social media, you will recognize the value of that term. I want to give a shout out to the great members of the uh, Twitter team. Uh, they are Michael Malver of Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Jim Denham of the Boston or Boston area, Massachusetts, and the wife of somebody who is here, the second one to introduce himself, um, but I'm speaking here of uh, Ms. Lisa Brooks of Phoenix, Arizona, or at least, again, the Phoenix area. These people are all absolute rock stars. They get the job done. We do it on a weekly rotation uh, in order to assure uh, timeliness. I am the board liaison. I wouldn't even say I watch over the operation. I assist when necessary. I monitor. It is a very collegial team. And I emphasize with them that that was the way I viewed it, that we were all basically colleagues. It wasn't a hierarchical thing. The last thing I want to say about the Twitter team, uh, and for those of you who are familiar with social media, this will mean something to you. Uh, We are going to be using the hashtag 
number sign ACBMDY14. Again, number sign ACBMDY14. What is a hashtag? A hashtag is simply a tag that you associate with an event so that people can create search buffers either on the Twitter page itself, and if you want to follow us from the Twitter page, although most blind people don't because it's more easily done in other ways, but it's www.twitter.com slash the account name, ACB National, altogether. No spaces. Don't worry about capitalization. If you create a search buffer for the tag number sign, that's a pound sign, capitalize the three on the keyboard, ACBMDY for mid-year, one four, you will get every tweet that's tagged with that hashtag. And we are encouraging all who are tweeting from here to use it. Uh, I know ACB National will be using it. And I see that some people are already doing it. I'm the liaison and lead on the Facebook team. And I will tell you that it's really, really fun watching the growth of the Facebook page. Thanks to Francine Patterson, ACB began its Facebook page on July 2, right before we all went to Columbus. And since that time, we had grown at the end of the year to about 280 people. And we thought we were just doing great. On January 6, we brought Will Burley in onto the team, and we also had an article appear in the e-forum for February, and that article was about both Facebook and Twitter, and since that time, we've all seen a really great growth. I can report to you that the Facebook team has grown from 281 people on January 6th to 349 this morning. And uh, every day we're seeing new people liking our page. Uh, if you happen to be on Facebook and you aren't following our page, we would sure appreciate it if you would. It's American Council of the Blind official. And when we send out things that you like, if you would share those with people on your page, that would help us to grow tremendously. I want to recognize the members of the Facebook team. In addition to myself, there's Marlena Lieberg, Will Burley, Francine Patterson, and the newest person who volunteered to join the Facebook team is Eric Bridges. We operate, thank you, we operate a little differently from the Twitter team. We are not on Facebook sending out a news feed um, it's not like headlines all the time. People on Facebook like to have just a few posts each day. It doesn't disturb them if you, if you miss a day or so. But they, they like to get the really top news kinds of things. Um, but also we do some reminders. We also do <clears throat> information on upcoming events. And sometimes Will Burley has brought a different flavor to our page in it. He sometimes posts things that are um, the motivational kind of thing or the, maybe the thought-provoking statement, and those have been extremely popular. So this weekend, we will be posting 
the major things that are happening. Of course, everything is major, but we will be having about five posts a day maximum on our page. And we hope that you who have Facebook will help to share that so that our reach is much further than just the 349 people that are currently on our page. Uh, Again, I want to thank the Facebook team. I can tell you that it is not a job that can be done by one person. It must be done by several. We would actually like to have one more person on our team. So uh, if you really know a lot about ACB and you would like to help out and you're um, on Facebook and enjoy posting, please get in contact with us and let us know. We appreciate the opportunity to talk, and thank you, Kim. And look for everybody on Facebook. That was ACB Treasurer and Facebook team member Carla Rushevel of Louisville, Kentucky. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. Sound Prints is a weekly radio program that is produced by the Kentucky Council of the Blind. The show airs on a Louisville radio station and on ACB Radio Mainstream. A recent edition of Sound Prints included an interview with ACB Facebook team member Will Burley of Houston, Texas. Will explained how his blindness led to his becoming a successfully self-employed businessman. Here's Sound Prince host Carla Rushevel. On the phone with me is Will Burley. Will is the newest member of the ACB Facebook team. The ACB Facebook page is at American Council of the Blind official. And since Will joined the team in early January, The page has had a huge amount of growth, and we are just so excited to have Will as part of that team. He's making a tremendous difference. Will, when we were first getting involved in Facebook, you were telling me about how you lost your vision and um, also about your work. You haven't always been blind, so tell us about that and about how you got into your current line of work. I lost my sight a little more than five years ago due to RP. Before that, I had worked as a paralegal for about 13 years. And when I lost my sight, of course I thought, oh, I won't be able to do anything anymore. And I learned better. So I signed up with Blind Services for the state of Texas and try to get back into the workforce. Now, how long did that take for you to do that? Well, I had a friend that worked in counseling services, so I knew about DARS, we call it here in Texas, Mm -hmm. really quickly. My first experience was not very pleasant. (laughs) It took a year to get services that I needed, Mm -hmm. like learning how to use the cane, things like that. It took a year, even though I signed up. Um, But once I got those services, um, it started really quickly, and they wanted to send me to school. 
um, because I think that's the easiest thing for them to do. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I had already gone to school. I just wanted to get back to work, and I found it really hard um, to get a job. I would get the interviews because I had so much experience, but when I showed up at the interview with White Cane, um, I never heard from people anymore. So I found out that through blind services or the rehab services, I could do self-employment. That's the way I went with them. And what did they want you to do in the self-employment area? They were really upfront with me um, because they were accustomed to helping people get massage therapy businesses started. Um, they told me, we don't know how to help you. But fortunately, I had helped people start businesses through my paralegal work before. So in Texas, they want you to do a mini business plan saying how much money you think you'll make within like two to three years, um, your marketing plan, what equipment you'll need, things like that. You had a background in paralegal, so what did you choose as your business that you were going to begin to run as a self-employed person? When I started out, I wanted to keep it uh, very simple and do what I knew best, which was paralegals. So I started a virtual paralegal business, which I came around at the right time because that was just getting off the ground nationally because um, that's not something that's always been around. So a virtual paralegal business, that means that you're doing it from your computer and from your home. You're not going into the attorney's office, right? Right. Some paralegals do a mix of it where they work from home and from the office. I do everything from home. And that's because, of course, your software and everything is accessible to you. And that also, I would imagine, would allow you to work for attorneys anywhere. They don't have to be in your neighborhood or even in your city. Right. Most of my clients, they're around the state of Texas because, you know, every state is different. Mm -hmm. I have one client that does administrative law, so I can do that anywhere. That uh, attorney is in D.C., so that's good. But most of my uh, attorney clients are in the state of Texas. So you did your marketing plan and told them how much money you wanted them to spend and got up and running. What happened from there? You found you needed to expand? In the legal field, during the summer and around the holidays, it gets really slow. And I, I got really bored, and one thing I hate is to be bored. So I expanded to do virtual assisting services to help small businesses in some of the same ways but different ways. What's a virtual assistant? A virtual assistant is basically like an admin assistant or an executive assistant that works from home. What I offer clients is social media management, customer service, um, I do a lot of their paperwork, document processing, things like that. And I also help some of my clients with business coaching. 
What kinds of things do you do in customer service? Well, it's a little bit different uh, between the attorneys and the small businesses. Um, for the attorneys, it's basically I do a lot of client interviewing when I'm following up on investigations or when I'm helping the attorney do discovery for trial. So, um, so there's a lot of interaction in email and phone conversations. Mm-hmm. For the small businesses, it's basically I may answer some of their customer service questions that they get for their products or their store hours, things like that. Email kinds of things? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't like talking on the phone a whole lot, Um, but that is available. But I help, um, you know, when you have um, sign up with an online program, they have a ticket system. You type in your question, and somebody gets back to you through email. That would seem to be something that would be really, really accessible for blind people because you're not dependent on graphics at all. Right. And there are a lot of ticketing um, programs like that that are accessible. There are some that are not uh, very accessible. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of doing research on companies and seeing what is available um, because everybody uses something different. Okay. And then also the document processing. What do you do with that? With that, I draft their contracts, get their customers to sign the contracts, and it's that's gotten to be very easy, too, because you can upload it to online send it to the customers an email, they type the name in, and that's a legal contract now. You can keep up with it online. So I do that. I come up with their employee handbooks, just a a vast amount of things that I do. I would bet that no two days are exactly the same. No. I wish they were sometimes. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> but no, it's, it's never the same. How do you find those clients? I started off with the paralegal services. I was already known in the legal field since I had been working in it for 13 years. So that's how I started off with that. And then it just naturally transitioned over because those attorneys and paralegals I knew, they had friends that had businesses, and it was basically a word of mouth. And then at the same time, getting out there, really branding myself and the company through doing networking meetings, um, joining various organizations, things like that. So when you approach a client, you are approaching them not just as Will Burley, but through your business. So you're presenting yourself as a business, and then do you bid on jobs? Or how do you come to that point where they say, all right, we hire you? Well, at first I did do the job bidding thing, Mm -hmm. and I don't really like that aspect of it um, because you have things like guru.com and um, elance.com. Right. And I I don't like 
those sites, they're good for when you're just starting off, if mm-hmm. you want to get your feet wet. But you have to compete with people from overseas. Oh, yeah. Who will work for nothing. You're right. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't work that well if you want to be really successful. And then it depends on what niche you're in as well. For, for some people, that's a perfect way to find jobs. I, I don't want to downplay that. I got involved with uh, a lot of virtual assisting groups. I was already a part of paralegal groups. But I got involved with some virtual assisting groups, and I learned how to turn my competitors into profits. So it's just setting up relationships and just talking with people, letting them know what you do, you learn what they do, and everybody needs help at some point. (laughs) And you get a lot of word of mouth through people that you're competing for the same clients sometimes. So when the counselors talk to clients about the importance of networking, they are right on target. Right, and I I don't think they focus on that enough. It is very important because the Internet has opened up doors that they wouldn't have imagined years ago. (laughs) So you don't really have to view it as competing with other business owners because there are so many business owners out there and none of us will be able to hit everyone. So this is an area that you then would recommend to uh, a blind person who maybe would like to work on their own but who may not be in an area where they can easily get out. It would seem to me this would be a great opportunity for people who maybe live in rural areas who are just having that problem problem going out and finding that job like you did. Exactly, Um, because I think the self-employment portion of the regs is our best weapon in the rehab services business, because the simple fact of the matter is a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, they are scared of blindness, and they don't know how to make that leap into giving us a chance in the workforce. Mm -hmm. So I I think this is our best weapon, Mm -hmm. and we don't utilize it enough. What are some of the skills that people need to have and some of the personality traits that they would need to have to be successful in this kind of business? Well, first, you're going to need to know how to type. Most people say you need to type at least 35 words a minute. And I would agree with that. Know your assistive technology. Um, You have to be able to use it. Just like the sighted world, you can't be trying to figure out, okay, what's that key combination again. And personality traits, first of all, you have to enjoy life. Think of life as a big, happy place (laughs) and have a thick skin. Because when you're in business, you're going to hear no quite a bit. But you have to keep striving to get that client. And use your personality. Whatever your personality is, learn to use it to your advantage. um, Because marketing your business is marketing yourself. You have to know your strengths and what your weaknesses are. 
what kinds of equipment does the person need in order to be successful as a virtual assistant? To be successful, you're going to, of course, need a computer. You're going to need a dedicated phone line for your business. You're going to need scanning programs. And most important, you're going to need a headset microphone so you can take calls. Because a lot of places that hire virtual assistants want you to have a USB headset. So it would seem that the things that are needed are not that much different from, uh, I mean, we have our computer and our software already. It would be easy to stay, I should think, under that $5,000 limit that the rehab agencies want you to be under for self-employment. makes life easier if you stay under that level. Very much so. And um, you're going to need things as far as what else you'll need for your business. Um, think about things you need to brand your, yourself, whether mm-hmm. it's business cards, uh, getting letterhead, getting help with building your website. Because um, nowadays everybody goes to a website before they call you. Get that business website and... Um, One thing that I always tell clients, when you get a website, always have a blog on your website so you can have updated information on your page so you can show up in the search engine. Well, I think we could chat about this all day. I have felt for some time that this would be a great area for blind people, and you're the first person I've run into that's making it a success. I'm sure there's others, but I sure don't know about them. So I appreciate you spending the time and talking with us. I'm also very glad that you chose to come to the ACB convention, and would you recommend that other people come to the convention after you having attended as a first-timer? Yes, I would, because it helps you get to know people outside of behind the computer screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so nice to finally meet people that you've only seen their words through an email message. It's really nice. You get to experience other people who are in the same boat as you. So it's really nice, and if you can get there, and if you... Um, have a small business, they can use that as their justification to get to national convention. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a tax write-off. Yes. That's wonderful. That's another thing that's good about a small business. We're going to need to talk about some of these topics in more detail. I think this is really a fascinating area and one that is far, far below its potential for blind people. Well, you're really active in ACB. You've gotten involved in several special interest groups, and we, again, are just really, really pleased that you're on the Facebook team, and thank you so much for talking with me today. Thanks for having me. Sound prints from the Kentucky Council of the Blind can be heard on ACB Radio Mainstream at 10 p.m. Eastern Time each Sunday, repeating every even-numbered hour through 8 p.m. on Monday. And don't forget, you can hear all of the channels of ACB Radio via your telephone by calling 231-460-1047. That's 231-460-1047. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum Cassette Edition, and throughout the world on acbradio.org. 
ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.